Welcome to another special edition of the ATP podcast with me, Chris Bowers. This week, we focus on tennis in Asia. With events taking place in China, Kazakhstan and Japan over the coming weeks, we meet many of the established and rising stars from that part of the world. And there are some great characters among them. We start with the finalist at last week's Zhuhai Championships in China, Yoshihito Nishioka. The Japanese left-hander broke into the world's top 25 back in June and has spent much of the last three months in the top 32, which is something of a magic number given that there are 32 seeds in the majors. Nishioka told Jill Krabus that being the highest-ranked player from Asia has indeed led to a whole host of new opportunities in 2023. I think the biggest uh, the changing is I had a seed it in the Grand Slams. This is, I think, a big reason I made us uh, around 16 two times. And, you know, the beginning, the Australian Open, that was the first time seated. And also the French Open, I got a seated too. I was feeling it like, oh, wow, you know, when draw is coming up. Before I got a seated, I was looking for a draw ceremony and then like, oh, who's I going to play? I don't want to play Djokovic, you know, Medvedev, you know, like those are the, the top of the players. Nobody doesn't want to play first round, right? But uh, now if I got a city, I doesn't have to think about that. And then I could, okay, just focus on uh, my tennis first couple rounds. And then like after that, I'm going to play like uh, the top players. But uh, I think that was a big difference. <laughs> You do know that you have that reputation too. No one necessarily wants to meet you well, in the first I believe, or second I'm round not sure, either. I'm not sure. <laughs> like uh, the last year, Tiafu told me after like a quarterfinal or something in this tournament, and then uh, after a match finished, I went to back to uh, the uh, the changing room, and he says, "Oh my guys, nobody doesn't want to play with you on this heat, you know." Well, yeah, maybe, but uh, I doesn't like to play also like the heat and then wrong wrong matches, but. Only that's what I can do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe nobody doesn't want to play with me on the heat, yeah. Talk about the heat a little bit because yeah. that's, that's a factor and you uh -huh. have thrived. How do you manage yourself to be able to sustain the long matches that you play? This is like, this is, I think, uh, how much you want to beat opponents. And I think it's not like a, just a training or something. Just I think it's mentality. If you want to, like, if you feel like, oh, so hot and it's so tired, but still you want to running or you don't want to running, right? And then, like, I can pick up, I want to running because I want to win. So, like, I know I feel the heat because I'm human too. So, I think everything's the same, but I just want to win the game and I don't want to stop my feet. So, that's, that's the reason I can move a little bit well than other players yeah. Th that's a i think a big reason and you're you're so much fun to watch thank and you 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 bring so much emotion to the court yes. like how much does that help you and and help with the crowd how does that help you out there on the court well um i i, I think sometimes i do too much and, and uh I, most of the japanese fans doesn't like this but uh you know i love to show my emotions which is like a good way the bad way Hopefully, it's, by the way, it's not going to that much, but, uh, you know, it's a good way. It's like, I, I think it makes my, uh, my uh, also feeling like a confidence, uh, like a beating pressure, and like I can run more than like one more step, you know. It's like uh, emotion is really important in my power. It's, this is coming from my power. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the reason like I'm here, like my height, 
and like I can be fighter and even like this heat so um, yeah I think emotion is like one of my uh, this is the reason like I'm here yeah the always entertaining and honest Yoshihito Nishioka. And that was a great reminder of a bit of tennis wisdom. If you're feeling terrible out on court, particularly on a hot day, there's always the chance that your opponent is feeling a little bit more terrible than you are. Nishioka was speaking there with Jill Kravis, and Jill also managed to catch up with another player who's made big strides up the rankings this year, as well as claiming his first tour title, China's Yi Bing Wu. Confidence is for sure one of the biggest reasons. And uh, I have to trust my game. You know, I'm, I think I play great tennis and uh, I have my up and downs. You know, tennis is not like a sport. You can always keep up. And as I said, it's first year of me playing on ATP Tour. Still, like a lot of things I, I have to learn and I can grow up with. So um, I try to keep patience. You know, if some weeks you're going to do well. Some weeks it's, you're going to lose first round or tough draw. Like all the things like it, it couldn't affect me. It's like, I have to still try to practice with my 100% and try to compete with, like, enjoy on court. And talk about your compatriots as well. You have Zhang and also Shang that are um, doing very, very well. How do you guys, do you guys help each other? Does that help you motivate each other, having both uh, of those guys around? I mean, we don't, like, uh, we don't really talk, like, in, in private <laughs> that much about tennis. And I think we all know, like, what we have to do. And uh, we are all fighting for the, the the same thing, like as a team. So, like whenever someone has good result, for sure we are all happy about it. And uh, of course, sometimes you want to overtake the other one. And uh, it's not like a pressure. It's like a very healthy relationship between the three of us. And uh, especially we have more younger players coming out, and they see, okay, like maybe I can do it or they can do it. They will think, okay. I can do it also, like why not? So I think that's very important, like us keep going and uh, try to like let more kids, more children in China like involved of the, the sports. Yeah. How has the response been back at home when you when you go back home? Uh, I'm back home only once. So, yeah. Only once since when? Only once after Madrid. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And in the past two years, I only back home for once. So and uh, I didn't really have that much time like I was with my family and, and, and my friends and they're all happy to see me because I was uh, not in home for a year and a half like now I'm based in uh, Florida so you know it's it's tough of uh, it's very tough like not to see families and stuff yeah. but but you sometimes you got to do some uh, sacrifice you know, to to reach the goals so how do you stay fresh mentally uh, it is I think life is to enjoy. Like I have like pretty uh, enjoy like men, my mind setup. So whenever I came to a new place, I will have like a new mindset. Okay, this is a new week because in tennis you, it's only one guy, it wins the tournament. So that means the rest of the guys they all lose in the week, and uh, you have to adjust very quick the the mind so you can start fresh the next week, and uh, I think that helps. Like I already have this mind setup, and I keep telling myself. One day, one week, I'm going to have my chances. So, like, just keep positive. And that positivity took Yi Bing Wu to his first ATP title in Dallas earlier this year. That interview, a reminder of how lonely tennis can be, especially for those whose home is a long way from the main epicentres of the professional tennis tour. 
While Wu has done well, he's not the highest-ranked player from China. That accolade goes to Zhizhen Zhang, who agreed to answer questions about himself put by Kate Flory and the team from ATP Uncovered. I am Zhizhen Zhang. I'm going to tell you something by myself. How did you start playing tennis? My family had a choice, either swimming or either tennis. So when I was four, I chose uh, tennis. What was the moment when you first decided you would like to try to be a professional player? Uh, I, I would say 2013, we had a national game in China. I was doing very well that, that year, so after that, I think I have some level to play, so I decided to play professional after. And when you were a young boy training, did you have any idols? Did you have a favorite player who you liked to watch? Oh, yes. All the time was Roger Federer, but there's one, one moment for Safin because they had a great match for Australian Open semi-finals. Safin was, they had, they had a five set, it was a super great match. So in that period, it was for Safin a little bit, but all the rest is for the Roger, yes. How would you describe yourself on the court, Jesus? I am the excited player to watching on the court. I'm the guy, uh, big serve, strong baseline, attacking player, not a defensive player, for sure is not. I like to go into the volley, but even have many times losing the point on the net, but still I'm trying to go. What would you say is your biggest weapon? Serving forehand. So a little bit like Safin? Oh, no, I, I think Safin backhand was even better. <laughs> Did you ever want to try and hit the backhand like him? Uh, yes, I, I did. I did. I really, I did. Before, when I was, when I was around 12, 13, I, I tried, but this is not for me. So after, it's a little bit different. If you could look around the tour or former players, and you think, I wish I had that shot in my game, what would well, it be? Uh, so uh, Eastner serve. Yeah. Tell us why. For people who don't know John Isner, what's his serve well, like? Well, because he had a huge serve, big serve. I mean, he's very tall, so he had a huge serve, very good serve. I wish I had like a serve like him, but a little bit tough. I want to ask more about what you are like as a person away from the court. How would your friends describe you? Sometimes our friends describe us differently than we would. They really care about my haircut, you know, many times. <laughs> Because my hair is like, uh, how you call this? Uh, curly. Curly, yes, because by, by natural, it's not many people in China. In China. I have a long hair sometime. Last year I had a very long one, so they always had some, uh, something talking about my haircut. I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> Beginning of the year, I was um, cut my haircut a little bit. So last year I was trying to play like this. And then now I'm, because the hair is getting longer, and then I try to tie my hair again. Oh, they say, oh, this guy, the hair is coming back. <laughs> what about other sports? Do you enjoy other sports? Do you watch basketball? Yeah, snooker? No, not, not those basketball and football. Not for me. I prefer uh, snooker. Do you have a favorite snooker player? Well, uh, O'Sullivan, Ronnie O'Sullivan, and also Chinese player, Ding Junhui as well, yes. Tell me, what are your aspirations as a tennis player? What do you hope to achieve in the future? I hope I can uh, keep around here to play in the tour and improve my ranking as well, but everyone wants it. Try to do my best. I mean, this, this is what I can tell. I am Jujun Zhang. I hope to meet you soon. 
What a great guy. Someone who describes his own game as exciting and who prefers snooker to football or basketball. Love it. Wu and Zhang are the two most established stars from China, but hot on their heels is 18-year-old Cheng Sheng Shang, who's known on the tour as Jerry. Like Zhang, he's a real character who admits to a bit of mischief in his past. So we set out to create Jill and Jerry. So I first started when I was around five, six years old, and I was, you know, kind of a troublemaker at home. <laughs> That's how I got into sports. And both of my parents, they were athletes, and uh, they just wanted me to, you know, run around outside on the court or even any sports. So I got into tennis and I started loving it. So they basically put you into sports to get stay out of trouble? Yes, basically. <laughs> That's one way to say it. Um, talk about your parents. What what sports did they play? My dad was a professional football footballer, uh, soccer. And my mom, she played uh, table tennis. They were both professional, so I'm lucky to have, you know, two athletes with me. Uh, telling me, you know, their experiences, and uh, that's been helping me a lot. What in particular had they helped you with as being professional athletes, and now you st start pretty much starting your career on the tour? I think the most important was when I was young. You know, every every top player they don't start when they're uh, heading to the to the professional tour. They start when they're very young. You know, even uh, nine, ten years old, I started being, you know, a little bit more professional than other kids. You know, just trying to be. Uh, disciplined and putting the effort in into into working out in tennis so I, that's that's a big advantage for me starting young as a kid and you you actually left home pretty early right 11 years old is that yes, right to, go to, did, to yeah. come to the states I did I was practicing in Florida yeah. at uh, Sanchez Casal in the beginning and then I moved to IMG was that difficult at such a young age leaving home I think I think yes and no for me you know I like to try out new things obviously leaving hometown when you're 11 it's it's not the best feeling and but I get to I get to go back once in a while and now I'm even more excited about the China swing so I get to go home again and uh, see my family and friends yeah I was gonna get to that that China swing that's now back on the calendar but first um, did you know English before you came to the States uh, I here bit? and there a little okay. bit. I went to an international school actually when I was uh, in first and second grade. So I had two years to learn and I was not the best, but I could understand a few things. Yeah. But once I got to the States, you know, I improved a lot more. Was that scary? Uh, no, you know, the, my friends, they were, they were very friendly and uh, they had a lot of patience in me and the teachers did as well. So I was very lucky to have them around. And you like that challenge. It seems like you like the challenge. Yes, the challenge yeah. is always good. Ta okay, so going back to the Asia Swing now, just um, I know it's so important to be able to play tournaments in your hometown. The emotions that you feel knowing that you're going to be able to go back home, what does that feel like for you? I think it's, uh, it's probably one of the most important moments in my career, getting to play in, uh, at home. And I, I actually haven't experienced that in the, on the professional tour. So it's going to be something very special. I'm sure the fans are very excited, and uh, so am I. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, transitioning from juniors now to the ATP Tour. Was that something that sort of came easily to you? Was there a big change for you? Definitely. I mean, the level is, is so much different, and everybody is, you know, like I said before many times, they're more, much more professional on the ATP Tour. And that's how so, something... How so? I think, you know, juniors, it's more, I mean... It's more like, um, how do you put it, like kids, you know, like we were, I, I was a junior, I, I, I'm still a kid, but, uh, you know, they, they're less professional, they think about, you know, other stuff, just having fun sometimes, which is very good, 
but at the same time, you know, you gotta have priorities, which is tennis is your it's your job. You know, you love it, you gotta put the work in. So for me, that was that was quite easy to transition. But uh, the mainly focus was uh, gotta be ready physically because the pros obviously they're much stronger, they're bigger, and for me that was the main thing. And you're you're obviously still growing, right? You're only 18 years old, or do you feel like you're done growing? Hopefully, hopefully I can yeah. grow an inch or two. How more. tall are you? I'm. I'd say I'm six foot. Six foot. Okay. That's like 183 centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. I mean, that's a good height, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. so. Yeah. So so in order for you, I mean, now that you've experienced, you know playing more ATP matches and you know physically that that's sort of a priority what are you doing physically to be able to get stronger and to be able to compete day in and day out um, for me the main thing was the the preseason once the season end I think last year I did an amazing preseason and that is also why I you know I did so well in Australia was your preseason uh, in, my, in Florida I do that yeah okay I, my, my fitness coach he's great he's been on the tour for many years and uh, a lot of people know him. And who's your fitness coach? Uh, Niels Rensenbrink. Okay. He's uh, he's from Holland originally, and uh, I mean he's he's amazing. And also the the facility and IMG helps me a lot. The weather there is perfect. So uh, yeah, I mean just great preparation for Australia. Over there. Are you are you able to tell us ex- like in particular what the focus was on your physicality uh, that helps ca- so much? Cardio is a big part of my game, so that was what we were working on the most. And also also at the same time, you know, getting the to build more muscle and strength. That was uh, that was kind of a weakness. You know, cardio was it's part of my game. You know, my my whole career and mainly was the I think doing more weights and and stuff yeah yeah and you you brought up Australia you're the first Chinese man to win a match at the Australian Open congratulations thank you what what did that yeah I see a big smile on your face when I said that what did that mean to you at the moment I I actually didn't know that none of us has won a match there so that was I was very happy when I heard that yeah and you know two of my countrymen they were also very close to winning over there so I mean, I was a little bit sad they couldn't join me, but also they did so well after in the upcoming season, you know, even winning uh, 250, becoming the first guy to win a title, and also Gigi, you know, getting close to the top top 50. And I mean, I'm super happy that we're doing so well. I know. I want to talk to you about that because it, there's so many firsts for all three of you that you just mentioned, and that's got to be really exciting. Does that help you guys push each other? Do you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, like I said yesterday, I'm the youngest, so uh, they they don't want me to catch up. I think, <laughs> and my, I mean, my my goal is, is you know to to play on the tour as soon as possible. You know, this is amazing. You know, the the environment, the fans, and everything. So I just gotta work hard for that. Is that just a sense that you get that they don't want you to catch up, or did they say that to you? Maybe. You know, <laughs> once someone is much younger, you know, there's there's some pressure on them, but I'm sure they're. You know, it's it's a way to push them as well, and they're doing so well. So yeah. I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah, um, and I want to talk to you. Of course, you're in the running for next gen. Um, do, how how much is that in your mind as far as looking forward to that event, or do you not try and think about that? Uh, no, I'm I'm just focused on what I what I can do. You know, just play day by day, point by point. And uh, enjoy the matches and what, what's gonna come. If I make it, I'll make it there, you know. And if I don't, it's okay. We try again next year. Okay. And so, talk about a little bit about other interests that you have outside the court. If you had time at home where tennis is not a priority for a couple of weeks in the off season or whatever time you take off, what do you like to do? Um, 
I think I'm a little more of a boring guy sometimes, <laughs> but I, I do really enjoy golf. So that, that's something I, I do a lot in the, in the weekends when I have time at home. So do you play a full 18 holes? Yes, I, okay. I try to. Sometimes nice. if I'm, you know, if I don't have time, I'll just go and practice a little bit. Practice mm-hmm. always helps. And when you play golf, I'm, I'm thinking right now mentally because golf is another like tough mental sport. Do you learn anything when you go out on the golf course that translates to tennis at yeah, all? Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah. One of the reasons I got into golf was, uh, I mean, mentally it helps me big time. Sometimes when I play, I always try to compete. You know, I'm, uh, I'm very competitive and everything. And I try to, you know, beat my friends when I, that I play with. So staying calm in golf is a big thing because you got so much time to think about the next shot and so much time to think about the shot before. So the main focus is also in tennis that you don't think about the past and you got to move on after each shot. So golf definitely helps me. And uh, I mean, getting to play so long, it's also frustrating, but it's, it's fun for me most of the time. Have there actually been moments in tennis matches where you think of those moments on the golf course? Uh, no, I, I don't think that much on the court. I just think about, you know, what I do, what I, what I can do better. So actually sometimes I could, you know, use a little motivation or two you know this is like sometimes I do bad in in tennis or a point is bad I think about the golf shot that could help me a little bit which I'll maybe I'll try in the future yeah okay last question are you one that likes to set goals and if so what are your goals no I actually hate you doing don't? that oh you do yeah wow. that's actually I Why? think it, it just puts extra pressure okay or things that you think about which is for some people it's good but for me it's just I try not, not not think about anything and just enjoy the moment that I'm living in right now and uh, just move on point by point. That's well said. Well, Jerry, thank you so much. Best of luck to you. We look forward to seeing you on the court. Thank you. See you. Jill Krabus speaking to Junjeng Shang or Jerry Shang and the presence of two or three Chinese players who all encourage the others to get better bodes well for the immediate future of Chinese men's tennis. In terms of qualifying for the ATP Next Gen Finals in Jeddah at the end of the season, Shang is currently 18th in the race, but that's better than it sounds, because ahead of him are players like Alcaraz, Runa, Shelton and Musetti, all of whom qualify by age, but they're sufficiently established on the full tour that they may well give the Next Gen a miss, so Shang could be just three or four places away from making it. One player who graced the year-end at 21's tournament last year is Jason Tseng from Chinese Taipei, who's worked closely with the Iranian-German coach Benjamin Ebrahimzadeh over the past few years. Ebrahimzadeh sat down with Jill. I think as a coach you need to understand the person first and I need to, you need to understand uh, how to talk to them, how to approach, um, what is behind their story a little bit like... Um, because the the story comes out also in a stress moment and then you need to understand on the other side obviously okay what what is how is the game looking like and what how could be the ideal game of the player look like and then to bring these two aspects together I think this is um, what matters the most so when you say get to know them um, I just had a discussion with another coach about needing to know what's happening with them personally off court is that something that you feel like is crucial to be able to work with them on court yes and no I did I did both ways I had also players we've worked very successful and I didn't know that much but um, I think it's easier to have also the understanding sometimes in some situation why things happening and why 
um, what, what is behind or what, what message does the player give you also with the match and um, I, I think it's important to have a good relationship and to to really know who do you work with because in the end we have a human relationship and we right. work together right what exactly do you mean about they're giving you the message while they're on the court? What do you mean by that? A tennis match is a stress situation. So for sure, when you have now certain situations in your life, this situation can be expressed mm -hmm. by the player in the match. And when you don't know that, then you don't have an understanding for that. and You cannot solve the problem because you don't know the story. Right. And, um, and I think it's important to, to, has, to have as many information as possible to really understand why the player is reacting in different mm. situations how he is. Yeah. You mentioned the word stress, which brings another question up for me. Are you able to... Because you really want to try and create stress for the player so they can feel that before they go on match, for a match. Is that something that you feel like is possible to do in practice or off-court or not in competition? We are, we are trying know, hard. We are trying. Well, I'm always curious about this because yeah. I wonder this myself. Because We're, it would be great if you could recreate it. Yeah, I mean, you do that in practice, obviously. Um, it's not that easy to do it, but um, sometimes you try, obviously, to find situation what could stress the player. Mm -hmm. I have an example. I have a young player, and we we play a game which he doesn't like, <laughs> and we play we play for money. Okay. And we play for 50 euros the game. So something's on the line. Which is already a lot, right? Yeah. For a young player, 50 yep. euros. That's stress. Yeah. That's nothing than just creating stress. Yeah. You know, obviously, as higher the players get, as more tougher it is to get something yeah. uh, to really stress them. But um, yes, we, we coaches try to find situation and practice what could be potential mm. stress for our players. And then watching the the very, very top players, one of the things they do the best is handle those stressful moments and be able to recover very fast. Do you, do you have tips on what you bring to your players about how to handle those big pressure moments? Yeah, I'm, this is a very... Give us your secret. <laughs> that's a very individual question, like, because there I come back to the first question you asked me, and I think... To answer this question, you have to know your player, right? But one thing that they obviously all have in common is that as, as more crucial it gets in the match, as more they try to play their tennis and try to take the decision. Okay. So, um, and for me, the best players in, in the crucial moments, they want to have the things on their table. Mm -hmm. So they want to decide, okay, we, which terms do we play this point? Mm -hmm. And this is actually what what all of them do uh, very good. Do you feel like being on the tour for a while now as a coach, do you feel like that's where the tennis has gotten stronger and stronger because it's gotten better in the last eight, nine years? I think back in the days, Boris Becker, when, when he had the break point or when he was serving for the match, he exactly knew the same and he, 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 he also played with on his own terms. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this is something really changed. Okay. So... Um, for me, this is a this is an outstanding of top players that they really trust. They have the confidence that they they know. Okay, I I gonna serve there and there, and I gonna I want to do this and this with the point. So um, I don't think that this is something will change. Okay, 
So now, with the game the way it is now, everyone is physically faster, stronger, more powerful, and all of them starting to have more of an all-around game too, I've noticed. Where do you see the game going now? Because it's hard to imagine it getting any better than it is, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, but um, I think that the, the the goal has to be to play forward, to play aggressive, to to get inside the court, um, to finish at the net, um, trying to be uh, able to take the balls very early. I think that this is going to be just the next step. Uh, mm. I don't, I cannot see the game how it is in 15 years, um, because I think the game changes always also a little bit with the characters coming on the top and what the young players want to be like right and um, but for now when i see the young guys coming to the top like alcaraz and all these guys um, they have a very complete game they try to make it fast they try to play forward they try mm -hmm. to take the decision obviously yeah And how, how great is it to have those young guys like an Alcaraz, Aruna, who's doing so great, be an inspiration for example, saying who you're working with here? I mean, I don't... Do you oh, speak about that? Um, now with Jason, we're, we're not that far away. I mean, obviously Alcaraz is number one in the world, but uh, uh, they know each other for many years. They played under 12, under 14, under 16 yeah. together, so it's not that uh, Alcaraz can be an idol for Jason, right? Um, when when you, I think it motivates you in a way mm -hmm. to see. Okay, look, I mean these guys, they already did a step further than me. Okay, I'm top 100 now, and uh, these guys are top 20, top 30, top 10, whatever. Now I think it motivates you, but I don't think that they can be an idol for mm -hmm. you. Otherwise, you cannot beat them anymore. Yeah, and I asked you yesterday for this interview, so thank you for for sitting with us. But the first thing you said, because I said coach of Jason saying. And the first thing you said, which I thought was nice, was that, like, no, I'm a co-coach because yeah. the father is there, which, you know, he gave credit right away, which I loved. How is, how is that dynamic being, the communication obviously being, I'm assuming, very important? Yeah, I mean, the father, Ed, um, is, is coaching Jason since he's a kid. Yeah. So there's nobody in the world knowing him better than him. And um, he's traveling a lot of weeks with him every week and uh, uh, every year. So... Um, Jason's development will be always uh, mm. also a big uh, credit to, to Ed's work, who is uh, dedicated to, to his son's job. We communicate, we speak. Um, I think we have a good balance when, when who's telling Jason what. And um, obviously we discuss also during practice things. And um, yeah, we, we know each other now for many years. So I think it's, yeah. it's pretty... Yeah, they trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, trust. Probably one of the most important aspects in a player-coach relationship. Jill Krabus asking the insightful questions in that excellent interview, which highlights so well why coaching can never be a one-size-fits-all task. It depends so much on the player being coached, and coaches must know their player extremely well. Since last year's next-gen finals, Jason Seng has slipped back in the rankings, but his talent was clear to see in Milan last year. Finally this week, we check back in with the Chinese star Yi Bing Wu, who spoke about his hunger for success earlier in the podcast. But what about his hunger for food? A question ATP Uncovered put to him on a stopover in London earlier in the year. Hi guys, this is Yi Bing Wu, and this is what I eat. Okay, whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> 
My relationship with food like is uh, pretty complicated because uh, as an Asian I grew up in my home country China which we have so many delicious food and now I'm based in uh, Florida America and uh, the food situation is completely changed. Now I'm starting sending this uh, all the pictures of what I eat uh, each meal to my nutrition. It's my next step to the top players. Each time I send him uh, some meals he will tell me okay maybe like this dish you have to have uh, more carbs or less proteins he always like has feedback Last night I sent him my dinner photo which is around 6 o'clock here and he replied right away because in China it's already 1 a.m. and I don't know what this guy is doing but he's always there for me. It's crazy. <laughs> the first thing I will eat in the morning it will be either yogurt with some cereals or some milk. When I wake up a little dry in my mouth so get some uh, liquid. When I'm home uh, I try to cook myself. I'm a huge tea fan of green tea and it tastes very good. I always carry some teas with me because uh, from my hometown, Hangzhou, we have really, really good green tea. I think it's one of the best. I always uh, eat breakfast like one hour before the practice and uh, slowly, slowly I have to get ready, get dressed to do my first practice. I would try to eat uh, some salad for lunch, protein and some carbs like uh, beef, chicken or like rice or noodles because uh, I still got practicing afternoon so the time is also like something I have to like uh, pay attention which I don't really have that much time for me to eat because I always try to take a nap before I practice in the afternoon. I think the tournaments in Europe has better food in, than in States because you have more options and uh, it's always like a buffet you know you can pick whatever you, you, you like or you don't feel you want to eat today you just skip. I would say it's similar to lunch, but uh, sometimes maybe like because I have longer time to prepare and uh, eat, so I would say I eat a little bit more dinner than lunch, which I don't know, maybe I should change that. Dinner is more to enjoy and lunch is you have actually something in the afternoon, so you can't really uh, go full, you know, and uh, in dinner you just eat and relax. I think for me it's just the basic carbs and the proteins and some veggies, it's just, and soup sometimes, I, I love soups. Sometimes it's uh, good to have this is cheat meal. So whenever the tournament finish or I won the tournament, I remember I do have a burger and hot dog and some fries. That's a pretty good celebration. Yeah. Whenever I have a day off, I'm just gonna lie on the bed for a whole day. So that's my Uber Eats day. So I'm not gonna move. So I just sort of <laughs> pizza, chicken wings, pretty good. You're gonna like it. Do you enjoy local food when you're traveling? Yes, I, I was seeing um, like to come to eat different city and try to eat different food from uh, the local. I think that's uh, also fun part of uh, the job. You know, you get to see different city and you get to try different food. What would you say is your favorite? In British, here in, uh, in uh, England, fish and chips. <laughs> perfect, perfect. He was doing so well until he got to his days off and then he got the burger and fries and fish and chips. Oh well, it's good to see he can reward himself with some greasy food after eating very well throughout a tournament. That was Yibing Wu and that's your fill for this week. But be sure to check back in with the pod next weekend when we'll be discussing how the Rolex Shanghai Masters is shaping up. And to keep in touch with all the events in Asia, check out the ATP website or ATP WTA Live Scores app and if you want to watch all the action live, subscribe to Tennis TV. I'm Chris Bowers. Thanks for listening and enjoy the tennis. <laughs>